Hey everybody, it's Brad coming to you solo for the intro here. I am in my studio on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, not out on the road playing rock star like our buddy Benny is doing. He checked in this week with an episode featuring the two Alexes of Gaslight Anthem. And I think you'll agree, he makes you feel like you're there, like you're in the band hanging out backstage drinking a couple bros, just bullshitting. It's a good chat, it's fun, and uh, it's completely unedited, so enjoy it, start to finish. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In the back room with Benny, Alex, and Alex. It's going on track. How are we going to do this with our names? Um, huh? I think I'm going to have to strangely refer to you guys as yeah. Alex Levine and Alex Rosamilia through this whole interview, yeah. if that's okay. And the Alexes. Because we're both Alex. Oh, really? I'm not, I'm not. You can go sleaze and ghost. I have no issue with that. Oh, no. really? <laughs> nice to meet you. Hey, dude. Howdy, partner. So, Man, that interview is such a so joke. What do you off. play? Guitar? Bass? <laughs> Let's so, get the brass We're not doing nicknames for this one. No. So we'll have to do this. But... <clears throat> Alex. You can call me Rosie. Rosie? I've never called you that in my life. I know, but it's the only nickname that's ever really stuck on me. Rosie. Well, you have and a it definitely last differentiates. Name, you have like, yeah. you know, a love language last name. <laughs> Rosamilia. It's beautiful when you yeah. say it a certain way. I suppose. Yeah. I think... It's, I think it's only um, in reference to where my family is from. Rosa? Or Amelia. The part of Amelia that has lots of roses. <laughs> Wait, so there's the, a part of Italy the called Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. And, and there's a, the surname there's a is section Rosa. that has a lot of roses. So it's, I think, originally Rosa di Amelia. Does Rosa mean red in Italian? Rosa means roses. Roses? Also pink. Wow. I wonder <laughs> if there was ever a War of the Roses. The war of the Rosa Amelia. There's been plenty of wars of Rosa Amelia. But that's usually about somebody's house and like real stuff. Do you think it dates back to the old country too? Mm. Just a a part of your people. I, I think a part of yeah. I would say part of being Italian American is holding grudges forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have a personal injury slash dentist kind of name, so it's not as, it's not as sexy. You had two more Levines yeah. to anything. It could be, it's a law firm. It could be a law firm, accounting. What else we got? Oh, man. Levine, Levine, and Levine. Dent- all your personal injury needs. Harwitz Levine? Did Rhythm. you slip and fall? Go hard with the Rhythm, INC. <laughs> Rhythm worldwide. Yeah. All right. Uh, sounds about how this would start. Well, let's start with Le- Levine here. Levine and Levine. So, most people know, because you're on the social medias, mm-hmm. that you love to cut hair. You not only love to cut hair, you are now a professional, proper professional, trained, certified, many of the things, barber. Barber, educator, yes. Educator, yeah. You're like, as you do, you went full pimp into the barber game. Well done. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. What was the first, like, when did you actually get into barbering? Like, what was the first haircut you gave and when did you actually imagine this yeah. as like a thing because you i remember you saying this when i met you yeah you know it's kind of weird like i feel i i think about this from time to time when i'm asked this question and it's one of those things that you two know me extremely well i'm just like no nah, i do that <laughs> you know I mean? you're like wait you're like 12 years yeah. old we're gonna training do you have no no i do it the fake it till you make it model is like my mo, <laughs> and, <laughs> and either you do it, either you do it or you don't. Uh, yeah. So sink or swim, right? So yeah, I think yeah. with um, it so with, when did you decide to fake it then? Right, I think probably around the time you asked me if I knew how to cut hair. Really? I was very much fa- well. I do enough. I think I would throughout high school. I'd always cut mohawks and do certain things with my own hair because I. I grew up going to a salon, not a barbershop. Yeah. My mom would always take me to a me salon too. with her. Sheer expressions oh, is yeah, where I spent yeah. a lot of days. It was sheer revival, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, it's spelled, spelled wrong um, in some way. Exactly. You see at the end. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I believe I got to a point, I was like 13, 14, and I realized that like, Either nobody could cut my hair properly or I haven't gotten a real haircut. But I was, like, envisioning what my head should look like. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of tried to do that. I was like, oh, I got a knack for this. And I would cut my friend's hair and through high school. And then the band started pretty soon for me after high school. And you're doing this. And as that's happening, like, this, like, you know, subculture of, like, barbering, tattoo, punk rock kind of really like started bubbling up in like the mid 2000s uh, yeah, yeah. so i was like oh this is cool this is like the same vibe that you would have if you're like a punk rock guy into like tattooing but it brought the old school barbershop <laughs> aspect to it so i latched onto that and started like a i guess a, a basic like t-shirt company sold some shirts and whatever and it was like my foot in the door in that industry and as we stepped back from Gaslight. I went full on, you know, finished my barber's license in because I was doing Votech in high school and finished my license, then got my education license. And now actually I'm applying for like a school certification. So like I could, under idle hand, I could open up a school, which sounds like 
ambitious, but like in barber schools, like it's basically like, you know, a thousand square foot room with a couple chairs. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you take on like five or six people, you know, a year and, you know, you kind of get them to a point where they're your apprentice and you're teaching them the way of the fist. <laughs> Cobra Kai reference. <laughs> no mercy. No mercy in this barbershop. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So you know, with that background and understanding this industry, I was able to piggyback on what Idol Hand Collective really is. Uh, is a collection of barbers throughout the world that go out at music events and sporting events and basically give giving complimentary haircuts to people that are on the road that can't really yeah, yeah. get haircuts. And that, you know, I, I really thought about that concept. I'll never forget we were in Austria years ago and I was in dire need of a haircut. And like it hit me, I was like, what the hell are all these guys in bands I've seen like the last couple of weeks on this festival run? With dope haircuts. With dope haircuts. Where are they getting haircuts? And, yeah. you know, you start asking guys and they're like, I don't I got to find this barbershop and this barbershop, yeah. this barbershop. So I was like, all right, you can make room next to the Red Bull and talk about uh, vodka tent to have complimentary haircuts. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of where Idle Hand. It makes sense. Know. Yeah. Who was the first, like, proper cut? Like, even if you were faking it, like... Who was the first one? You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll sort you out. Uh, Brian's one of them. Brian's <laughs> yeah. definitely one of them. If you ask Brian, dude. Early I mean, hair models? Yeah, dude. Brian. All through high school, I would cut Brian's hair all the time. <laughs> Brian, um, yeah, some of my best friends. I mean, my ex-girlfriend's brother was a big one. He had what a was, mohawk. like, the first, like, did you just use, like, house scissors? Yeah. Like, all, yeah, <laughs> because, you know, again, like, you didn't really, especially back then, there wasn't Amazon, really. There wasn't. Right, yeah. There wasn't, like, as many, like, e-commerce places. You gotta go to Harmon's. Right. Well, and also... <laughs> or, uh, what's that? Ricky's? Yeah. Well, and then, like, Sally's and all of these things. So, like, any, like, real uh, hair-centric um, place, like salon-centric or Sally's, places where you would get, like, professional equipment, you couldn't get unless you had a license. Right. So, yeah. So, you would, you would have your, the home stuff. Yeah, the home and, stuff. Which is... Punk rock haircuts. Yeah, which is... Horrible. You, well, it's the you same can't. as music, though, right? Like, if you learn how to sound really good in the basement, right, right, you you, you sound way better when you exactly when you make it to the when you get actual right. stage. You don't you don't buy yeah you don't buy a Les Paul off the bat. You start with the Squire, you know, or <laughs> whatever it may it be. It's funny know? that my first haircut in this band was you. Oh, the, the band, right? the yeah. Le- yeah, I would driving, call that a haircut. Driving, driving along, I was like, yeah, was "You're driving. driving. Yeah. Too long. <laughs> yeah. This hair is too long. Yeah, yeah, it's touching my neck. It's annoying me. It's dirty." No. I'm like, I, I wouldn't say that as a haircut. I'd say that was more a modification for convenience. <laughs> that was right. a mod job. Yeah, right. I would not call that a haircut. Those were little Leatherman scissors you cut my hair with. Same ones. Uh, this is a different Leatherman. Different set. The same scissors. How big are those scissors? Let me take a look. Not. Which makes oh, me cringe. Yeah. That's small. That's wow. every, I cut your remember haircut. every time I was about to hit a bump, I went bump. bump. <laughs> Give it steady. Give it steady. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then I I give you your first real haircut by me when we were on the Rise Against tour at your friend's house in like Massachusetts, I think. Oh, I think yeah. we were up there, and like you wanted, Mike you, and Amy's yeah, house. you wanted to yeah. go like real short. They raise horses now. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. And they went full. 
Oh, full wow. Full farm. Oh, That's wow. Full farm. Store. I didn't know they were still good. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Oh. If it's the same people, I'm thinking. Yeah. They would stay in a lot of weird houses in Massachusetts. Yeah, we did. That's a true story. Um, yeah, I cut your hair, and I remember it taking, from that haircut until, like, most haircuts I did for the next couple of years, it would take me, like, an hour and a half to do a haircut. Yeah. Mm. And that's when, like, I when I learned the tricks... And really, when you put like your ten thousand hours in, you're like, "Whoa, this is like a machine." Oh, I'm a Gladwell fan, huh? Yeah, <laughs> big time. It's so. I mean, it really is so true. But I it think is, after that ten thousand mark yeah. or whatever it may be, if you're consistently doing something right, mm-hmm. you sure. you build muscle memory. And sure, sure. You're kind of in a vibe. I think music's the same way to a certain degree, yeah. and you know, it's. But it is a matter of doing things right because you could do things wrong. Well, yeah, 10, that's the, well, that's the ten thousand hours thing. It's it's like a certain kind of practice, right. not right. I just heard something uh, against it where you know Tiger Woods is like your mm. classic example of ten thousand hours, like actually working, mm. and Roger Federer, you know, the maybe one of the fam- most you know best tennis players of all time. Yeah, he kind of touts like the opposite for kids going into sports really yeah he he was like a, a skier and squash mm. player and basketball player right and he was like up until a certain point you should have this like well-versed physical education rather than specifics yeah well i think that well yeah. i don't think ten thousand hours is something necessarily denotes that you can only do one thing right I mean, it does. I think it's you want to be perfect at something. Is, it means you have to do something for a really a long time. Focused practice. It's like right. it's like on one specific right. thing. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to cut everything else out. Maybe it's just like I'm specifically making my calves stronger. Right. But and that I, helps for everything. I think on that ten thousand hour tip, with anything at a high level. There's a 1% of the 1%, 1%, 1% to a point yeah. where you're talking about just a few people at the top, right? right. Roger Federer is one of those. So he's also talking about something that's God-given that he can't even explain right. how he could do this. like, I can do all this. All I can do time. all this. Yeah. He's very athletic. Some Will Hunting shit. Right. It's the, it's the same aspect of you hear, like, you know, a guy that didn't play football until he was junior in high school. Right. And he, two years later, he's in the pros. Well, or Jugsy yeah. started playing piano in college. Right. Brian Herring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For the uninformed. The, the man on the keys. The man on the keys. That's awesome. Yeah. Rosamelia, Alex yeah. Rosamelia. That's me. I have to bring up one thing I know about you oh, because it's fun. But you get to determine how much you want to say. Oh, okay? Just for wax, <laughs> I want the people to know what your first show was like like oh, as really? a performer. You're gonna make Where me was it? Oh, man. You don't have story. to say. Oh, wow. You get to I'm choose not going to say what which, type of establishment it was. You get to choose which okay. type of so, nuggets of information you'd like I, to share as much as you can. Oh, man. Okay, so I was... <laughs> Uh, let's see. The best way to do this. All right, all right, all right. I think I can do this. It's got the hair too. It's all full circle. Well, so I was, <laughs> I was eighteen, maybe nineteen, uh, living, um, um, well, not on my own, but I was living with people I worked with, and my roommate uh, had lost his license, and my car had broken down around the same time. <laughs> so he says, my girlfriend's mom is selling her minivan. I will buy you this minivan, but you have to drive me everywhere. 
I went, fuck. Fair, yeah. We work at the same place. So fair deal. We live in the same place. (laughs) Fair deal. deal. (laughs) Um, So we took all the seats out of the minivan and left them in the apartment. Okay. For, like, extra seats in the house. So that we could, because he was a drummer. So we'd be able to fit all the drums so I could drive him. So, like, once a week, I would drove him to practice at this, it was in Kennel. Kenilworth, uh, and it was a, it was like a goth. There was like four or five original songs, and then the rest of their set was all covers, like Sisters Mercy, The Cure, Joy Division, all that stuff that I was already into. Sure. Um, and because of where we lived, we lived in Rawway, so I wasn't going to like drop them off at Kenilworth, drive back to Rawway, and then go mm-hmm. pick them up. It's like close enough, Terrible. so I just sat on the couch in the room while they practiced. And at one point, one of these practices, the guy was like, the singer was like, we really need a keyboard player. Which was really, you know, they're a goth cover band. Surprising they don't already have a keyboard yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. You'd think that's the first person in the band. And my roommate, without skipping a beat, goes, he plays keys and points right at me. <laughs> uh, so I oh, joined a band which was called Widow's Peak, which is such a great name for a goth cover band. <laughs> Woo! Um, I still got my shirt. They were practicing bag. for a show, a Halloween show, that obviously, again, because it's a goth cover band. Yeah. At a place called Frank's Chicken House. Frank's Chicken House. Um, Central Jersey. I'm you know, you know. not going to go any further than that. Uh, if you know, you know yeah. about Frank's. Um, <laughs> other than it wasn't a typical music venue. It was well, a separate type of venue. Let's just say, let's just say you weren't taking like to-go buckets of chicken. Right. No, it was not definitely wasn't a, it wasn't a chicken house in that sense. <laughs> more, like, more like the Central Jersey Ballet. If you wanted a bucket, <laughs> if you wanted a bucket, you went down the road to the Chicken Holiday in Findern. Yes. <laughs> this is a different type of chicken house. Okay. Um, and then I remember setting up that show. I remember because everybody else in the band was about 10 years older than me. Nobody carded me, so I was excited about that. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I'd really had a hankering for that time in my life, alcohol-wise, was things like jungle juice, juice yeah. or like like yeah, like yeah, pre twenty one. What was the drinks. stuff? The, the it was like Red Devil or so. It was just basically fourteen thousand types of booze and then grenadine. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah, was yeah. red. Just sweet enough not yeah. to taste alcohol. Basically, right. yeah. uh-huh. so that's what I was drinking. And then we go to set up, and this, I, I'm checking my keys, and I was like, "Can you put me lower in the mix? Lower in the mix? Lower in the mix?" And the sound guy goes. Who had no legs? Wait, he had like right. he had like prosthetic legs. He had prosthetic story. legs. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah wow. two prosthetic okay. legs. I can't remember. He worked at the the rehearsal place in Kenilworth too, but I can't remember what his name. And was. he was wearing shorts. Yeah, yeah, okay. camo cargo shorts. Um, wow. Uh, and then, and and he just goes, I can't hear you in the PA anymore. I was like, then we're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just basically pretended to play keyboards for two hours. And we're perfect. Uh, while they play, it was like, it was such an event. And then the singer ran away with the money before oh. uh, we even What was the name? Out. Do you remember? The singer's name. No. no. But for some reason, he thought my name was Stanley. <laughs> Stanley? So that's what he called me. 
Alex Stanley. No, no, not Alex Stanley Rose. Just Stanley Rose Amelia. That's what he thought my name. So was. for one night, you were Stanley from Widow's Peak. Yes. <laughs> Stanley, the keyboard Stanley player the from keyboard Widow's Peak. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it like Halloween? Was it was it? Halloween. Oh, it was Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Right, That's right, why right. Frank's Chicken House was having a goth band. Right. Pay me, pay Instead me a of, bit you of know, a, just a normal DJ. Right. Pay me a little bit of a picture of like your stage moves. I was like keyboards. dead still. You were just like I was nineteen years old, drunk and playing keyboards. Yeah, I was, I was saying did that make I didn't you move. sway your hips? No, 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 nothing. No. And no. what about your outfit? My outfit, I was black. All black. Um, what kind? Of, you were we did the flop, like floppy hair? No, I just had long hair. Okay. Um, we did like I did the corpse paint thing. That was it. They tried to get me to paint my nails, and I was like, I'm not paint my nails. No fishnets. No paint my nails. Uh, I had I did like the Bresner thing where yeah. I did the fishnet under the black t-shirt. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where it's like kind of grunge, kind of goth. Yeah. Sure. That, that was uses. that was what I did. I just saw a video of him a couple days ago. That man from like the waist down looks like Trent Reznor and from the waist up he's looks like ripped. like a <laughs> like a professional wrestler. Oh, he's jacked like, now. Yeah. He's jacked. Oh. He's replaced like drugs hair. with the gym. Yeah, almost like his. If you just took his face, he looks like an investment banker. Great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he looks really great. Crazy. Actually, he's mid late fifties at this. Point. Oh yeah, especially his. And he's life, still yeah. like, like I remember hitting a point at thirty, going, I can't jump around like I oh, used yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, yep. you guys know how it is. You you have to choose two paths. Right. Right. Me or Sting. Right. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> two paths of rock it and roll. It is so true. At a certain yeah. point, you gotta right. walk one of those paths. Right. Yeah. And then you've got Keith Richards, you know, doing his thing. But remember when the... That, Keith Richards like, is more of a sting than he'd let you sting. think. That's what right, I'm saying. Right, right, remember he's when, sting pretending to be Lemmy. Remember right. when that website came Good out point. that publicized people's riders? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The Rolling Stones one, Jim. you know, of course, each of them had their own backstage room, but each was equipped with, like, some different yeah. level of, like, workout equipment yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, you got to keep your wind up as an old oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. Never retire, right? That's what I they mean, say. Yeah, in the 80s? And they're in the air? They're in their mid eighties at this be. point. Yeah, got it. It's incredible that they could still do what they do. Yeah, money is a hell of a drug. Huh? <laughs> 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 hey, we'll keep you alive. I do it for the fans. Shut up. Shit. <laughs> Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. <laughs> All right. So, for each of you, what was the moment like? Maybe not a specific moment, could be an era or something, when, in the context of Gaslight, when you went like, oh shit, like, I might actually get to do this for, like, a living. Hmm. Like, Uh, was there, like, a specific point where it went from, like, this is rad, I'm into it, to, like, holy shit, like, this could be, like, something that, like, I could actually do my life on. Part of that first festival run we did on a bus. Yeah. In Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first festival around yeah, yeah, like the one that Heather did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, like around that Separate. time, but I think after that, when we were in the middle of recording American Slang mm. and listening back, because, you know, the, I, I think especially with any band, but with our band, you have different pressures as you go along in your career with anything. Sure. And at that point, the big pressure was, okay, cool. You did this record. People enjoyed it what's coming next and that's what everybody was yeah. thinking and worried sure. about or whatever and i remember being in the studio being like a lot of these songs are pretty cool like this is cool the vibe was there i remember it was dead of winter new york the mm-hmm. record 
felt like that. And I remember like looking back in the middle of that, I was like, no matter what happens, like this record very much feels like what we're doing right now as people. And we were like, you know, on the cusp of like still nobody really had a place to live. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like like just starting that part. Right, right. We really still didn't have a couple, we had maybe a couple bucks to like just get an apartment. So like none of that really was going on, but it was, we were very much still focused on what we were doing. And I think we could afford Balthazar every day. Right. That was big. I was like, ooh. Yeah, that was nice. Like $7 for a croissant and a coffee every day. Yeah. I do. I do remember. That used to be, that used to be like a week of food. Yeah. I remember (laughs) being down there and being able to go into that Ben Sherman and like I bought an outfit. I remember thinking, I was like, this is the first time I've bought clothes a brand new thing and like like my parents took me to Sears (laughs) it's like holy shit I was like I've been living in thrift stores since I was like 14 I was like $80 for a shirt (laughs) it's like come on what was it about that festival run just like it was like you know we were on a bus that was the first time on the bus yeah 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 you know and so we're like doing these festivals which are larger than any shows we had done before sure bruce comes out halfway through our festival run to decide to play with us oh yeah that was the first festival run dude that's where i told you we ended it in japan yeah yeah fuji that's like a lot of like to me that was like fuck we did all that and we didn't lose money yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We, you know? We, we didn't know how to run any business I don't think or we anything. had... You know, like, we, we had tours that did well, but at that point, but, like, to do something of that kind of, at that point, extravagance... Yeah. And still break even was, like... Yeah. And I guess up until that point, the only time we'd done stuff sizable like that was, like, opening. Mm-hmm. was, like, mm-hmm. support slots, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. just, like, against me. But that was the same... Events. That's the same... To, we did the Social D shows, too. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, yeah, like we remember pulling up in lot. Munich and being like, "Motley Crue's here. We get oh, to go to yeah. a Motley like, Crue show for free." On? Like yeah. that you know, summer, Levi's yeah. stuff. Can't that was the all band. the same year too. No, no, it was next year. That was the next year. Following you, yeah. But yeah, when exactly. I did not get photoshopped. By the way, I was actually that Jack. <laughs> I was actually. The only thing I ever knew that they photoshopped on you at any point was your eyes on the fifty nine. Oh, well, that's a different. Oh story. no, no, no! That for sure. That. We were in like paradise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. We've never been to a place like that before. Yeah, I don't think there was a time. But that... you can just go to the. Store? Yeah. I didn't have clear eyes for six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely passed yeah. out on the couch in that studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I mean, we can even bring. It's one of the funny things about the Gaslight Anthem that very few people know <laughs> yeah. is like you hear a song like "Even Cowgirls Get the Blues" or something, right? And you realize, well, maybe they don't realize till right now <laughs> that seventy-five percent of that sensibility. <laughs> It's Stone Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's where it's coming from. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was it at the beginning of this tour? Brian wanted to kill us. We were, we were, oh, we were literally just, just jamming. Oh, on one like, court. We didn't even move it. It was like. Stalin-y, yeah. ripping like, for like. Why is it so sad? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not going anywhere. It's, like going, it's going different this places. This is how we Dude. feel. <laughs> So fucking loud. Reminds me of that. Do you remember? Do you remember that first sound check we had in Amsterdam? Oh mm. god. That was like a four-hour oh, sound ago. check. Oh my gosh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that? Am- no, that was like a. Yeah, that was Amsterdam. I thought that was like a. 
and the first time we ever were in Holland was a small little town. I thought in, it was just Holland. like outskirt of Amsterdam, just it wasn't in the center. Oh, it might have been, but I remember it was like very small, and then. Mm-hmm. I remember... Oh, yeah, is that the one we found, like, the... The, the skate park. Almost like the pool yeah. hall? Yeah, yep. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, we downstairs. Were, yeah, we were, like, playing billiards and air hockey and yeah. stuff. In the, in we were that. stoked because it was, it was like, the first place on that tour that wasn't, like, a squat house. Yeah. Because it wasn't in Germany. And it was, like, more of a bar. Yeah, yeah. I remember they were very Arnhem's? particular. Oh, sure. maybe it was Arnhem. Or Arnhem. 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 It was Arnhem. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember they were very particular... And there's a lot of graffiti in the mm-hmm. alley. Yeah. I remember they were very particular about the beer. It was the first time I ever saw that. They were uh, pouring... Like the, what's the... Oh, Dutch Heineken. Deer. Heineken. Right. They were pouring Heineken, and they would like, take the leveler. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, get all like, the yeah. and they were, I was like, whoa, this is... Yeah, this, is <laughs> this is intense. Free level beer? <laughs> Come yeah, in. I never saw stuff like that before. <laughs> before that. They'd definitely... Because by that time in America, it was like... I felt dope when I could get like a forty or a mm-hmm. pitcher yep. or something. That was like yeah, oh, you go to McCormick's get a pitcher of Paps, yeah. but that was that was your pitcher of Paps. That right. wasn't other people's <laughs> pitcher of Paps. Well, How many cups? Yeah, one if you want to waste it. Otherwise, I'll just make it out. One if you want to waste it. It was like wasn't it four bucks? Yeah, for a yeah, pitcher of Paps because it was five dollars for the pitcher and a tip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Wow. And then they started giving out free cigarettes at yeah. one point. I was like, "What yeah. is this place? It's like this a dream. Fall Hollow. <laughs> 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 a dream. It just looks yeah. like a random yeah, little your house. Your friends who didn't smoke or... cigarettes to just hand over their license yeah, and information so that you could get a yeah. free pack of Camels. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was crazy. That was great. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
say one night, choose an injury, whether you pull a hammy or something mm-hmm. real bad, and you could choose any dream replacement for yourself for one night to play a mm-hmm. Gaslight show, who would you go with? You get one alive, one dead. So two. Okay. Yeah, one alive, one dead. So who, you're like, oh, that'd be awesome to see that person play my parts. Hmm. Yeah, uh, alive, Peter Hook, dead, Phil, yeah, probably Phil Lennon. Oh, that's yeah. a nice two. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's yeah, and nice I'd get to play with Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you get the hell out of here, boy. You get out of here. Who's Peter Hook? The Joy Division, New Order. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he would be my first. He's, he's my reason, favorite. He's the reason yeah. Alex plays above the twelfth fret. Right, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. I basically right. ripped off everything him and Simon Gallup have ever done. Yeah. That's like my style of playing. I love it. Yeah. Throw a little Brian Keelan in there for the that punk New rock New Order show is tough to get tickets for right now. Yeah, dude, well, you know what's weird? He's not touring with New Order right no, now. No, he doesn't tour. He's doing right. his he's own doing his thing, own thing where he does New Order and Joy Division. Because, yeah. you know, the rest of the band is Joy Division, too. Right. right. New yes. Order. And yes. he was like, we should be playing Joy Division stuff, too, not just New Order stuff. And they the didn't, rest want, of them didn't to. want to. So he really? left to do his yeah. own thing. Yeah. Does he, does he own the songs? He So he owns... He's part writer on all of it. From what I know, I from things I've read, is that... Yes, he's like one of the, he was always one of the main songwriters, but also I think with the publishing and back end stuff, he does own the majority of these things. So as we know as musicians, like anybody could go out and play songs. Yeah. But you can't record them. Right. You know, no, so you can just so, go perform them. Yeah, so I think like maybe he has like they have his blessing to go out do his thing, somebody else plays bass. Right. And he's going out and doing this is Peter Hook playing Fucking lot, dude, and, and yeah, like his, any, I guess yeah, he there's got, no license. He has a guy stuff. that sounds yeah. cover bands, cover bands all day, exact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it's like he went for the Who's Joy his Division. Who's Curtis? There's just like dudes. They're probably all people yeah. that Phil used to drink with. To be honest, right? <laughs> probably from Manchester. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. But like, uh, I mean, they're from what I've heard of them. They're spot on. I don't yeah. think they've recorded anything ever. They just yeah. tour on it. Okay, they yeah. make their own merch and they tour on it. So those are good answers. And yeah. Phil, okay, how about you? Alive? Yeah. Um, dead? Mick Ronson. Alive? Ooh, nice. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I see that. Ooh. Alive? I've got... Hmm. We can have some There's, options. God, I have three different places where my brain goes. All right, what are the three? We'll help you. Uh, Johnny Marr, yeah. which I feel is the obvious one. Then Reeves Gabriel... Who's who played with Bowie in the '90s and in Tin Machine and has has been with the Cure since? Oh, okay. Like mid late '90s. So the early current 2000. guitar player. Yeah. The Cure. he's like coming gone, right? Okay. Yeah. It's a great name. And uh, he's from Long Island. Gabriel. Played with Gabriel. Bowie and the Cure, and he's from Long Island. Oh. And Reeves Gabriel. Oh, Reeves Gabriel. Yeah, he's an Americana. Really? Yeah. yeah, and then John Squire from uh, yeah. Stone Roses. Oh, yeah. Those okay. would be my three living. Why Ronson? Why Ronson dead? Why is he the yeah, only dead one? Like, yeah. obviously. Um, I just feel like his voicing is... I mean, it's he's one of my favorite guitar players of all time. Uh, I just feel like his his voicing is... I I should say my voicing is very similar to his. Um, what do you, you mean? Know. What exactly do you mean? So, like, take voicing? the end of... Say, take the end of uh, Starman. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
right, that little guitar line that pops up. That sounds like something I might do. Right. That kind of vibe. That's what I mean. Yeah. And the more so the thing he does on top of that. that so voicing as in like creating another melody. The mel- Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his voice that he does with the guitar. As yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, even like the I actually don't even know what his actual voice sounds like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Mata Hoople, too, right? Right. All right, the young right, dudes. Right. Yeah, what they did after. Are you ever inspired to write guitar lines based on vocal melody? That's what I do in our band. No, no, no. <laughs> that's literally the no, premise of what I'm doing. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you ever hear like, like an outside, like you're listening to other music and mm-hmm. you hear like a great vocal melody and you like figure out a way to like Sometimes, pattern it on I, the guitar? I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head that I would say I, I, I've done that with, but uh, there's yeah, I'm sure that has happened. Um, Uh, yeah, like I said off the top of my head, I can't think of an, like, an exact probably, example. Like, its I'm sure it's happened, by, like, yeah. Just by, like, for sure. this is what I'm into, this is what sounds good. And I, I, when I, I try to make something that sounds good. Yeah, I can. I mean, I, I try to pull melody out on all kinds of shit, you know? Yeah. I've been playing Sorry, for, you for so many years. I think you it, say shit? a lot of the time you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I'm assuming it's your podcast. This is my... Right. <laughs> Imagine how many curse words have been on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> get a melody out of the beeps. Yeah, yeah uh, Brad had to. Uh, yeah, I'll be sending this to Brad. Brad, <laughs> please take out all my fucks. All my shit. In all, in all like, <laughs> three hundred episodes of going on track, please take out all of my fucks. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But I mean, that's usually what I'm doing with, uh, with with the gaslight stuff. Is is either. I try to I try to be the uh like um the pips to his Gladys but with the guitar mm-hmm. as opposed you know or sure I guess the Temptations is a better True. example of that but like more of what the background like a call and response type of a thing or harmonize over what he's actually doing right type of a thing that's kind of where my mind's set for the Gaslight stuff it's like another melodic layer. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, but, yeah. But like, not to be like, here's the guitar. Right. With, yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of it too, especially like with when we were like super doing like the soul thing for a while, instead of listening to songs and getting inspiration from guitars and stuff, I was doing like the saxophone. Oh, mm. uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. Sure, right, 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 right. All those lines in Motown are so tasty. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because sometimes and that was it's the like lead you elevate back then. And like yeah. a parallel guitar melody. was really more of a rhythm instrument back then. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, all the leads in that stuff mm-hmm. is all horn. Yeah, totally. Huh, that's awesome. Um, all right, we're in a fantasy world right now. Okay. Okay. There's a movie house. Let's say, and what's your favorite giant movie production company? You like Warner? You Warner people? Uh, currently? Yeah. A24 is my favorite. Okay. Apparently. A24. Yeah, they're, A24 they're really, is cool. Yeah. So say they give you a call. You don't know why, mm-hmm. okay? This is where we're hypothetical. And they're like, we give you two $200 million mm-hmm. to make a movie. Stipulations are you produce it together, you're in it, you score it. Okay. What are we making? We're rebooting Rocky. 
Hell. Done. That is exactly where I was going with it. Straight reboot, same story. Modernize it. Modernize it, yeah. Where are we? Not in Philly. No. Where are we? are in the Bronx, right? We're in the Bronx. We're in the Bronx. Okay. We're in the Bronx and... The 80s. It's the 80s. Okay. And I feel like I would be... Maybe it would be more of a like the thread of Rocky, mm. where I would be more of like a beat up, washed up, mm. early thirties mm-hmm. boxer, okay. and like maybe taking on more some mentorees, some you know mentorships, right? So we flipped and this from a Rocky reboot to a Mick origin story. Yeah, but repurpose. But we almost, but we almost make Bronx. like Rocky Five exactly what yeah. it should have been. Uh huh. What it should have been. You hear that, Sly? Right. Hear that, Sly? Sly? What it should have oh, been. He, he's admitted it. Sly, a long time listener. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> Actually, Stallone said that Rocky. The only reason why, I mean, the ego is out of control. So the only reason why Rocky Five was not successful. It's the only Rocky he ever did. Which I believe that wasn't mi- like mirroring his life at that point. Uh, so like Rocky one was true to yeah, to what it was. Rocky two was like mm. I'm fucking the on top. I won the award. Yeah, yeah, the Rocky point. three was like Rambo. He was trying to like figure out how to be so famous. Mm-hmm. Rocky four was like I need to save the world. I need to right. save America. Exactly yeah, or the world. Right. And Rocky five, he was checked out. He didn't really like. But that is kind of the premise. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 right, right, exactly. And right. it takes some young up and comer to be like, I'm better than him. To yeah, him, be yeah. like, wait, wait, right. wait, no. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I assume me for what? Um, okay, so, so you're already a little washed up. Yeah. But you were a fighter, like... Were you like a youth fighter? I think and then like, like a golden happened to you, like a golden glove. Like golden gloves, amateur. Maybe then like what happened? Too much, too much booze. Too many, you know, too many. You like the lifestyle, too exactly. Much. Too many outside influences mm-hmm. kind of so breaking like, down. I feel like if you want people to be truly invested in your character, yeah. something has to happen to you. Right, like you a, can't cause all your problems. Right, right. Well, that's like where like you then you people something. be like, "Fuck this guy, he blew his chance." Right, and that's well, where you take it. Very. As you see it happening to one of your mentorees, right, right, and you right, correct right. his path, right, um, exactly, because you don't want him. All right, making right. The so same. who are we casting as the mentoree? The mentoree, mm. um. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy. Chalamet. <laughs> oh man, be a light lightweight. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Jonah Hill now? I mean, he's... <laughs> no, he's too old. He's oh, too man. Old. He'd be hilarious. Kid, man. Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Who's the young, yeah, up-and-coming fighter? And he'd have to, you'd have to also convince people you'd have from to the discover Bronx. Him. It's got to right. be a Mark Hamill, Hamill right. vibe. you got to discover him. He's got yeah. to you unknown. find someone. Yeah. That kid from Cobra Kai might be good. Mm. Thinking of Cobra, uh, Johnny's kid. Johnny, oh, Johnny's yeah, kid from okay. Cobra Kai's young. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, could fight. He could look. do the thing. Looks like he look. could be from the Bronx. Yeah, sure. You could yeah. like Donnie Brasco him up a bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> the slick. Get the slick going. Get the slick going. Yeah. Maybe like a nice like brown leather coat. Yeah, exactly. But you know that's the whole thing. Maybe he's not too sure of himself, but he, but he mm-hmm. presents to the world that he is very sure of himself. So. But are you helping him achieve success, or is your mentoring the thing that gets you 
both. back to a peak I think, level. Both. Oh, at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I think at the same time, <laughs> yes. where okay. the end okay. is a mimic of Rocky, yeah. where it's like, I could still do this. Yeah. You know what? I'm and and he turns on me and goes into like a Don Kingy kind of situation. Right. Takes on the major uh, label character, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then leaves me in the dust, and I'm like, well, played by Brian Cox. <laughs> Brian Cox. I mean, would be perhaps. A I would Brian like Cox would be. A, I, could, I could see him in that role. I could right? see him in that Shady, shady yeah. old boxing promoter now. Yeah, definitely. He He'd probably take, be really good at it, to be honest. Yeah. With yeah all right. Cops. Yeah, we take that on. You get that ideas for free, fellas. Right. <laughs> I won't take a commission yet. Yeah, now you know, and then we move into. So you know, I don't know though because boxing, though modernized oh, today, you is you're thinking very, UFC, aren't you? I'm it more but UFC the thing, unless. But the thing is, like, boxing is so gimmicky right now because. There's so many people outside of boxing that you are coming in and try to box. Wait, I have but then an you idea add that element. You. Yeah. You ungimmick yeah. the box. Or or you do an obvious your mentor's first fight, big fight, right. is against an obvious like Jake Paul character. Yeah, I was going to say like that. Like a YouTube that, guy yeah, trying yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And he shows them what real boxing yeah. is like still about. Yep, that's yep, yep, yep. Perfect. Right? Exactly. Because right. that's just gimmick it's making Boxing gross right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so now I want five percent. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> Do it your million actually make it a buck fifty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the score. Uh-huh. What are we thinking? Like like super rocky, like dinner. We do horns. Like uplifting. Definitely horns. horns have to be the yeah. Horns you need like a thing. tagline thing, right? Like here's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. We have to combine the score with just the intro mm. of Eye of the Tiger. Oh, and get it in there. The rest of that song can go away, but the intro. Survivor's doing Geico ads. I think you could definitely (laughs) grab that song. I I don't want (laughs) to grab that. I'm just saying the... The (laughs) The essence. The essence of the intro. It's so big. It builds and it builds. And then he starts... They finally get to the verse, and you're like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, so when they get to the verses, when I wanted to turn into yeah, right, you know what I mean, like that kind of a thing. Yeah. All right. What is the Bronx equivalent of running up the courthouse steps. Like, uh, like, where's the training scene, like, end in the yeah. Bronx? Where, like, do you run up, like, to the top of Yankee Stadium? No, everyone would say Yankee Stadium. We're going down Gun Hill Road. Yeah, okay. Down Pelham Parkway. Oh, you're staying in your Yeah, turf. yeah. Your oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, okay. going, uh, <laughs> Gun Hill Road. It says Gun Hill Road, for God's sake. You're going down, you're going down, and... You get, you get to, where do you get to? Uh, I, I think it would be very, like, um, very much, very Bronxy, where there's, like, the tire, um, the, the, you know, the, the auto mechanic oh, is selling like tires like salvage out. Yards, you know, salvage yards. Yeah, throwing mm-hmm. tires. You know, the, mm-hmm. the pizza slice. You know, but up just a pizza slice place. Yeah, you're just gonna grab a slice and go all during these, training. During training, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, coke. no, you grab the slice while he's slice training. diet coke. Diet coke. And you're gonna go. go. What are you chasing instead of a chicken? Oh man, oh, out there. a fucking oh. sewer rat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a pivot to something more serious. Um, you both, like myself, have yes, some. We do. Levels of anxiety oh, yeah. you've had to overcome to yes. not only tour 
but perform on stage. Or walk mm-hmm. out the front door of my exactly. house. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're still here and old and still doing it. So yep. we all figured out mechanisms, mm-hmm. obviously, to allow it. Right. So if you were that giving advice boots. to like a younger artist going through that, not somebody who really has a tough time just putting themselves out there, like, like what kind of advice would you offer? Like what worked for you to help yeah. ease those types of things? I think from my perspective, right off the bat would be to, as hard as it may be, to take yourself out of the everyday monotony of what touring is and put your and and put like real boundaries between you and what the road offers you to help you with anxiety which mm. we all know is drinking right. and which will lead to probably harder drugs if you take it there right. but especially drinking because drinking so socially accepted right and that's, I think, the biggest thing is to not use that. Right. Because everybody right. knows as a musician, your first source of payment as a musician <laughs> is free booze. Case of beer. Yeah. So right. if you have free booze, Case of beer, you're anxious and the person. Thing with the ranch dip and the fucking vegetables. Yeah, right. right. Your chips. You're trying to sleep. You're trying to maintain some sort of like sanity, is that it's going to catch up to you. Yes. And it will get to a point where it will make all of your anxiety way worse. Right. And you just added another, another crutch. Exactly. Another thing you need to do. What exactly. You need to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. You know, I take it, take it slow and, you know, stick to smoking weed. <laughs> you know, I mean, story. especially these days, you know, these days with, I think pot, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting way, especially if you are, in your teens, getting into your early 20s touring, you can know what works and what doesn't work. When we were kids, yeah, you would smoke something that make you feel crazy. And then the uh, next yeah, day you're sure, like, oh, this sure. weed's cool, this weed isn't cool. And you're, you're just kind of riding that. Treat it more as medicine. Right, yeah. right, right. I mean, you know. Yeah, you can focus on what you're using it for as opposed to just being like, Here's sure. hopefully this works. Yeah. That's one aspect, like the outside influences. What's like um, any kind of like internal like monologue stuff or things you've had to like kind of tell yourself consistently or, um, or like, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing there is like, you know, at least from my own experience of it, you know, you, you it's what you want to do. And then you get to the point where you're doing it and you're like, there's a lot of people. I don't know if I like this anymore. Right. Right. So like you said, you find other ways to kind of almost, hide yourself so that's not you even on stage yeah yeah right that's how i started to deal with it that's the coping mechanism and that coping never actually fixes anything right yeah um but it's like you know and then you try to find where can i get the confidence to be able to do this yeah right after years and years of doing that you've i've at least found that the confidence doesn't come from somewhere else right it's a matter of just being like you're doing this you're right. the one doing right this. nobody right. else is doing it you're the yeah. one on uh-huh. the stage right so like look at what you're doing and use that to kind of help yeah that sure. makes any sense yeah so I mean, almost that idea it's... that like because that kind of worked for me too almost that idea that it's like you're not actually dealing with like the, like the pressure is never going to get less right but if you just keep making yourself do it yeah you just become accustomed 
to that yeah. to that pressure. But almost, but, right? but more to the extent that you you have to accept the fact that what you're doing is better than what the average person is capable of doing, which right. is why you are where you which are. Which is why right. you're doing right. it. Right. I, I think there's always, like and if you, you said, were a good mechanic, you'd think the same thing. Right. If you were right. good anything, you need to have that right. some you know, feeling of yourself. confidence in your ability to be happy. Yes, otherwise okay. it'll be a hobby forever. Right. right. And like Benny said, there there is always a level of anxiety every single day when you play. If you didn't have it, you I don't think you would care. I think that's right. what which is like a very bizarre sociopath. Right. Like if, if you're like able if you're able to <laughs> walk chill. on stage with like ten thousand people and like not feel anything that's crazy, that's crazy to yeah. me. That you're not you're that some part of you doesn't have anxiety like Okay, I may trip over this and fall face first. Like that, those are visions I have sometimes. I'm like, well, that was close. That would have fucking sucked. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and you know, you hit a bad note. You're like, oh my god! Literally, everybody here is just fucking staring at me. Like, yeah, I can't believe you hit a bad note. Meanwhile, nobody Which, else heard it. Nobody knows besides like the three musicians in there and the people you're playing with. But, right, right. You know, and but, usually but, not even them because <laughs> what's coming out of the PA is so much different than what you're hearing in your own right. Face. Sure. So you got to, yeah, staying consistent with your attitude, I think, towards that and having some sort of, like, what everybody has their different things. Some people, they have to, like, really get into a certain mindset like anything else. But do you think developing uh, that kind of, like, routine is important? Super I think to an extent, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, definitely, for for me, I don't know if you guys remember, I used to do, like, this pre-show playlist that I would play mm-hmm. every, right. it was like the same five yeah, songs every single day so regardless of how the day was up until where the show started I yeah. was putting myself in that same mindset yeah. I can do that without the music now which yeah. helps same right. with me I used to do the same thing I think now um, especially for us like we were able to take a step back from our body of work and have gratitude for mm-hmm. what we accomplished together and I think that has brought us to another level in terms of being close and also performing and having gratitude for what we created. And that, for me, gives me enough energy and, um, you know, uh, juice, I guess, to get out there on a daily basis and do your thing, you know, because the road will break you down. And if you don't have any sort of perspective of what you're doing at that mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. you're not really... Mm-hmm. You're, it's all. It will fall apart. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, money, other things, other outside horrible things that this yeah, industry brings sure. you, you know, it'll start like ripping you away from your main objective, with the, which is playing live, writing music, and being in a band. You know, right? So, once you strip it back, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think once you, if you could keep like those core values and core, you know, objections, objectives. I think, you know, you're on the right path. Yeah. I think, and also I think generationally, it seems to be hopefully getting better in terms of um, what, like, being in a rock band is and is perceived from the outside. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, the Motley Crue, Led Zeppelin, like Led Zeppelin to Motley Crue to this to that. Like, we're, like, very far removed from any, like... Yeah. Crazy stuff. Like, of course, we all have crazy stories that you may hear at one point or never hear, but nothing to no. like no, in no, the no, realm no, of any no. of that stuff. It's just, yeah. it's just a different kind of world. And I think 
that drug use and alcohol use to a certain point, especially hard drugs, is not cool. Never will be cool. Done yeah. by people that play in big rock bands yeah. or anybody right. that people look up to is never fucking cool. But you're so right. That, that takes like a, a responsibility from the consumer, too, because, you know, like yeah. people have a hard time accepting rock and roll from normal people. Right. Right. And like at some point in your life, maybe you demand the fact that you'd like to live like a normal life and create art at right. the same time. Like, right. like, like uh, I know Jeff Tweedy just talked about that. Like, th- like mm. basically, do you have to like cut off your ear and be fucking crazy to make legitimate art? Right. For like your whole life, or can you allow yourself right to have a decent life and have some steadiness and still do it? And from an outsider, that's coming yeah. from a band that like I think bands like us look to or like. Damn, they figured it out. Right. They're like a big band that's respected. They seem to only put the yeah. do the things that they want to do. And you know what? Maybe your grandmother doesn't know who Wilco is or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but like that's okay. That's fine. You know, yeah, like yeah. they have a career, they do their thing. But yeah, I have no interest in doing like MDMA with like Machine Gun Kelly right. or something. Not right really now. my yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. <laughs> that's what it's gonna take. Right, that's what it's gonna take. It's all good. <laughs> Alex, what's your face saying? No as well? No. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good spot to end, doing yeah. drugs with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, I hope you enjoyed being a fly on the wall in the uh, Gaslight Anthems dressing room there. Uh, I did. You know, that's, I like to hear from Benny. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he said he's got more of these coming, so more from the road episodes to be expected, featuring some of the support acts and pals and probably be some people you've heard from before, but guaranteed to be fun so if you like this episode leave us a review on itunes leave us a tip on venmo at off track you can become a patron at patreon.com slash going off track we've been a little lean with our patrons for the past uh two months due to summer and touring but uh we also haven't been charging any any patron fees so hopefully nobody can complain um but we do love you. We love our patrons. So if you want to join the gang, go check that out. And um, stay tuned for another episode from the road. Mm-hmm.